Leaders need friends. And so do I. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What up, what up? This is John with Jake and Jordan Stanley. Hello, hello. We are, uh, we're doing, we're doing some catch up right now. Yeah, we are. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. We're yeah. going to drop two episodes this Thursday. As in tomorrow. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, we want to, we want to go above and beyond what we've said we would drop. Yes. Yes. So and there's a lot to talk about. There was a lot. You, it's also not your the... fault that your flight was delayed 5011 <laughs> times. <laughs> 5011 times. Y'all, one of the craziest things about flying is when you're flying into a small airport, you can expect delays. And what a great spot to start our conversation on. Delays. Mm. So check this out. I was traveling for um for those that are just joining us, our potties. We're so glad you're with us. Um, I've been gone the last two weeks, traveled to Wyoming, traveled to Alaska. Um, I was supposed to have a Saturday and a Sunday in between where I came home to celebrate the last water baptism in our, our old location for mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. which was an incredible day that I missed. I feel like I missed out, but then I feel like it gave other space for people to step up. And, oh, and yes. Yeah. So That's glad great. that Kenny, Pastor Kenny, could mm-hmm. could take the reins there and, and be a part of a special baptism. So, yeah. Brandy did such a good job. Too. And Brandy always does. My goodness. If she speaks too many times in a row, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, my gosh. You, you really might. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. She's incredible. <laughs> she is incredible. But no, um, yeah, that space, uh, there was a, a Saturday and a Sunday I was supposed to be home. And then I had to delay. And so one of the things about flying into smaller airports, first of all, it has its its pros and its cons. So if you're flying into you know, Dothan's airport or Panama City Beach's airport, right. um, the great thing is it's it's super easy to kind of walk through TSA. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, uh, get settled in, get on your flight. Yes. Not a problem. No. Love it. It's a lot better than large airports where it's four hours before you get through like the TSA line. So much less anxiety too. <laughs> yeah. I have TSA pre-check, which That's what I was about to say. makes me feel good about like fast mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then in Denver, Colorado, pre-check was still like two hours. Oh man. We had a difficulty coming back from Colorado. Did you? Yeah. Oh yes. My <clears throat> name got changed multiple times oh, growing up. And so they were like, who are you really? And I was like, I promise that Jordan I'm Jordan Stabello? Stanley. Oh, Stanley. Like, I'm Jordan Stanley. And then the guy before me that they pulled aside had like 40 bottles of hot sauce. So I was like, what's your story? <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Where's this hot sauce With going? his face on all of them. I don't even know what it was. Was he the hot sauce king? It, he might I have mean, been. it was going to Atlanta. But so. they judged my sketchiness yeah. to be the same as his. And I was like, this is not the, fair. These are not the same. I don't We're not even in the same category no. of crazy. Yeah. No. 40 just, bottles of hot sauce. I just found out who my dad when I was was when I was 12. So they changed my name and then got married. So I'm doing the right thing. This gotcha. guy is sketchy. So what about Jordan Stabello? Okay. So there was a moment when I met you guys, right? And I was like, so in the Bible, people changed their names when they became a new person. And I saw this highlighter and it was called like Stabilos Highlighter or something like that. If that is a real brand, I will tag it in the episode notes. But yes, I was like, Jordan Stabilos has a really nice ring to it. I will say, Jake, thank you. Jordan Stanley sounds way better. You're welcome. Jordan Stabilo sounds sketchy. But Stabilo <laughs> was before Stanley was ever a thought. It was. Mm-hmm. So it was way before. Maybe you had kind of the, the right start, but the last, but the wrong ending in Stabilos. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The S was good. 
but mm-hmm. I'm glad I now I'm Jordan Elise Stanley. That is my name. There you go. <laughs> you cleaned it up. I did. That's it. No more name changes. Nope. And TSA is now fine with it because I have a new social security That's card. Who you are. <laughs> it's great. So yeah. So like the, the the pros of small airports is easy to get in and out of. Yeah. Right? right. Oh yeah. So here's the cons is when you're flying back to said airport, mm. there are only two flights that come back into town. Mm. So all it takes is one delay on a connector flight and it throws off that last leg. So I was coming home. I was in um, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, uh-huh. which um, I can't really tell you much about Steamboat. It sounds magical. It does. <laughs> it sounds fake. Well, they have hot springs and ski, yeah. ski like slopes everywhere. So really pretty. But... When there was a delay going from there to Denver, and there's only two flights that go into Panama City Beach, one mm. in the morning, one in the evening, mm-hmm. and there were like all of these connector flights. I got to Denver just in time, so I was trying to make my original flight. Right. Yeah. So we had a delay in Steamboat. I get to Denver. Like, I felt like the Lord had just created a way. So, yeah. like, it rarely happens that you land at the terminal that your next plane takes off from. Oh, wow. So, like, I landed at B62, and I was taking off at, like, B66. So, like, right? I'm like, incredible. That's a full sprint. It's going to happen. So, get off the plane, walk over, just in time to see the plane back up. No. And leave from Denver to Panama City Beach. Oh. So, then I'm talking to the gate agent. um, And here's, here's a rule of thumb. Yeah. Don't ever be a jerk to someone who can just, like, help you with your travel plans. It's Mm -hmm. true. There's a life lesson in that too. Don't be a jerk. When God sees a delay as development and you see it as a distraction. Mm. So anyways, the guy like looks at it. He's like, I mean, we could reroute you to Houston and then maybe from Houston to Atlanta, maybe Atlanta to get you home somehow. Yeah. And by the time we did all that math, I would have gotten home Sunday morning at like, 10 yeah only to turn around and fly back out sunday to go to alaska yeah that wouldn't have worked so it was really cool because um in denver i have a friend greg daly who i was going to alaska with Mm -hmm. who happens to live in fort collins colorado not even 45 minutes from denver Mm -hmm. nice so what looked as like an inconvenience actually opened up an opportunity for me to spend a day with greg and his family so cool that's awesome before my trip to alaska yeah so Leaders need friends. Here's some lessons. Yeah. Sometimes what is a distraction actually becomes an opportunity. Mm-hmm. What's a delay becomes an opportunity. And so I could have just sat in my pity. Woe is me. Everything's ruined. Or I could look at what God was allowing me to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been with my friend Greg in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg is, a is, is one of my friends. Um, by the way, with leaders needing friends, true friendship is uh, really rooted in every big adventure you ever go on. It's more than just the place you went. It's who you went with. That's right. Yeah. And so I've got some incredible memories with Greg. Um, I went to a place called Refuge, Montana several years ago. Um, I got to fish, uh, fly fish the Bighorn River. And as I was fly fishing the Bighorn River, I was on the, on the drift boat with Greg. Um, and just for the sake of how private that moment was, Man, like we talked about life, ups, downs, Mm -hmm. failures, mistakes, places that like really, um, man, just dark places in my life. Yeah. I cried a lot on that river and like I connected with with Greg in a real way. Mm -hmm. 
And so like when you invest in friendship and vulnerability right off the bat, it's almost like a tethering takes place pretty quick. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and so I had that, I had that history with Greg, but in proximity, we live in, in several different States away. So, um, don't really get to see him as much as I would like to. So I took full advantage of the opportunity to see him and yeah. spend time in Fort Collins with him. So yeah, I think if we're going to hone in a little bit on some, some topical conversation, we, we need to dig into friendship a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a leader without a friend could end up on top of a, a mountain of success and have no one to share it with. Yeah. And I think that's a price I'm not willing to pay as a leader. Mm. I don't want to be a great leader and a horrible friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes more times than not, we can get so concentrated on our own success as a leader. We forget that we're on a journey with friends. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, even like the history of our church at the end of this season that we're in leading and stewarding the opportunity God's given us to lead this church together. I mean, I say it quite often from the pulpit, and in conversation with other people that I get to do life and ministry with some of my best and closest friends. Yeah. And I wouldn't throw that away for anything just to be a more successful leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does it look like to be a successful leader and a horrible friend? Mm. To me, one thing I had to check on is I don't like going into, like we get to have my friends, we get to have like a once a quarter time where we go out to eat. They have kids, they get sitters and we go eat somewhere really good for like two or three hours and just talk. Um, and I found myself showing up to those as a leader, right. But showing up to a dinner with my friends and being so distracted by my phone and the things that we had going on that I wasn't able to really engage in conversation. And I realized how unavailable that felt like we Mm. created this time to be able to be together, but I hadn't created any margin in between Mm -hmm. work and going to spend time with these friends, which is limited. And I was distracted the entire time and also didn't have like any, didn't have anything to give in that conversation. And while they're okay with that and covering and loving me, I feel like having time set aside to prepare for that and to be with your friends. Just If you're with your friends, be with your friends, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I want to be a leader who is just with my friends when I'm with my friends. Say that again. When you're with your friends, just be with your friends. Yeah. When you're with your friends, be your friends. Yeah. Be with your friends. So here's here's the um, the concept of that. So there's a a guy I met um, who I, I, I hope to be better friends with in the future named Jonathan Wiggins, who wrote a book called Walking with Lions. Yeah. All of his friends are lions. Um, and so when leaders need friends, typically uh, I, I have a friend, Landon Brazel, incredible guy. I know you guys know him and Keisha. Yeah. Yes, they're awesome. We do a lot of life with them. Um, incredible athlete, owns a CrossFit Embrace, a, a great gym in Dothan, Alabama. But um, one of the things Landon had, had shared with me, golly, maybe – six, seven months ago is that you are the average, the sum average of your five closest friends. Yeah. And so when he said that and I started thinking through that, I was like, man, okay. So like if I'm a leader, then my five closest friends are leaders as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm the sum average of that. And for an average to exist, that means that I have friends that are willing to lower their average. Right. To increase mine. And it's reciprocal. So I've got to be willing to lower my average to increase theirs. And so the beauty of leaders being friends is that at any given season, a leader will lead but never lose their friendship. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to lead and dominate, you know, the conversation to be the leader. Yeah. Some of the greatest leaders who have found friends don't feel the need to talk all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, I love how you pointed that out. Like when you're with your friends, just be with your friends. Like I love that you can create tables and spaces. Leaders need friends. So leaders need a friend before they need another leader to tell them what to do. It's yeah. true. And so like when you can find a table where there's no pretense, there's no posturing, nobody's like impressed by how many things you've accomplished in that life. One. Yeah. I mean, uh, Pastor Greg Surratt, I'll quote him. One of the one of the greatest things he's taught me is to find yourself at tables with people that love you but are not impressed by yes. you. That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, they can be impressed with like like your ability to create and ability to do things, yeah. but impressed by you, it, it really like paints like a like a, a, a rose gold shade of lenses. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like they are so good. They do nothing wrong. Yeah. That's not a table of friends. Mm-mm. Right. And even scripturally speaking, faith is always the backdrop of our conversations because we're Christ followers. Well, what does it say in scripture about, about the, the wounds from a friend? They, 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 they can be trusted. They can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies an kisses. enemy multiplies kisses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got a whole lot of people thinking they're sitting with friends and you just sitting at a table with enemies. Yeah. And just, mm-hmm. oh, you're so good. When a friend could be like, hey, man, God's really good in your life. And the favor that he is expressing in and through you is attracting other people, not necessarily to you, yeah, but to the glory of God's name. Yes, and That's when you live a life on purpose. Yeah. And so um, just kind of the concept of, of traveling um, and, and the depth in friendship, I think that's worth conversation too. Friendship should not be determined. The depth of friendship should not be determined solely on proximity. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. I would venture to say that some of my closest friends live the furthest away. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with living in proximity with your people, but sometimes proximity can rob you of what trust and vulnerability um, has been established through like, like quality time. Yeah. As you know, we talk a lot of times in context, we talk husbands and wives, quality time. Mm-hmm. We talk about quality, um, you know, not quantity. Take that into friendship and look at friends that are not in proximity. People that live far away that yeah. you pick up a phone and it's like you never missed a beat. My friend Guy Wasco in New York. I mean, we could go months before we physically are in the same room together. Mm-hmm. My friend Chad Dinkle, we could go months before sitting in the room together yeah. and pick up like we never missed anything. Yeah. And so I think sometimes proximity robs us of what distance is creating when it comes to meaningful friendships. Yeah. And so if there's a challenge, leader or potties or anyone <laughs> listening, consider a friend that maybe you have some distance, phys- like like proximity-wise, pick up the phone and text them. See how they're doing. Maybe there's something there worth like reinvesting in or developing even deeper. And then those that are in proximity, how much more should we cherish the ability to be with them daily? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where the richness of friendship is developed, and that's, that's, that's where we have it. And so I don't know if that makes any sense to y'all if you have friends that live a distance versus those that live close. Yeah. So in a little bit of a different way, I feel like in the past with friendships, 
as soon as you told me that you were planning on moving, I would start removing myself, not because I didn't love you, but because <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. And so I've recently made a really uh, a, a new friend and her husband is in the military. And I mean, we hit it off like she is someone that I can call and text and ask for prayer, but also someone we just have fun with. Liz is pretty awesome. Yes, Liz is yeah. awesome. Um, Liz and Casey. And so uh, she made this statement one day we were having like a really in-depth conversation and she was like, so either we'll stay here for another seven years or however long it was, or we'll move to somewhere like England. And I went, you can't leave. And I immediately felt myself start to like, like leave the relationship a little bit mentally. And I went to her and I was like, Liz, I'm going to tell you something. I really, really love being around you Mm -hmm. and I need what you have in my life. And I'm refusing and telling you right now (laughs) in place of vulnerability. As soon as you said that, I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but you're too good of a friend not to lean into no matter what proximity is going to look like. Would I prefer she was here? Yes. Absolutely. But there's just people that, I mean, proximity is not worth giving up good relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, you know, to one of the cultural values that we've established on our team, Mm -hmm. you know, within our organization is that you're called to people, not places. Yeah. And once you find your people, Mm -hmm. that's when Dr. Seuss happens. Oh, the places will go. Yeah. Yep. Because even though, um, you, you know, like we'll stay with your example of Liz. So like, let's play this out in what we would say proximity is the worst case scenario that they move. Because I, I love Casey. I yes. love who they are. They just, yeah. man, Incredible. they're our people. We they know, are. like, and, and and we're their people. We know that. Yeah. So if they were to go off to England, and proximity changes, it doesn't make them any less our people. No. But oh, the places will go. Oh yeah. It's the conversations where. You know, Liz calls or texts Jordan. Yeah, just check out what's going on here. It's, oh, yeah. it's the intentionality of of putting space in a calendar. Yeah, to all end up in the same place to meet. Yes, and that's the depth of friendship. Yeah, that like like I long for not just for myself, but for even those listening. Yeah, like if 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 you have found a, a true friend. A true friend is someone worth traveling for. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's someone worth inconveniencing yourself for. Mm-hmm. It's someone that you want to share all of the memories with. And when I say all the memories, I'm talking like the the, the highlights and the lowlights. Yes. Yeah. It's someone who can accept your unfiltered self. Yep. And so I think one of the things that we could we could learn in friendship development is to put proper weight on friends. Yes. Yeah. I think the term friend is too general. And so if we don't dig into it, and, and this really may be like the psychology behind friendship, I could call five different people my friend and have five different meanings behind it. It's true. Yeah. And it doesn't make them any less of a friend. Mm-mm. Yeah. It actually places high value on where I see them in friendship. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. So like I have a friend who, uh, man, if I'm having a bad day and I just need someone to laugh with, they're a phone call away. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that that person would speak to my marriage. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you're able to navigate friendship in that light, I actually think you get the most out of friendship that you desire, or at least that I desire. Um, it's knowing knowing that weight of friendship, properly distributing it to where like, man, if I tell this to this person, it'll crush them. Mm. But if I tell it to this person, it'll empower them to do something about it. It's knowing what's a burden and what's a blessing to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people develop IQ way more than they do EQ. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that IQ is set from birth. 
you can only be as smart as you're going to be. EQ, you can develop over a lifetime. You can actually grow in your emotional intelligence with self-awareness and others' awareness. Mm -hmm. And so for leaders to find true friends, man, like get some EQ around you. Yeah. Get some people that, that'll, that'll, that'll love you well by, by correcting when correction is needed. I don't know, uh, Jake, you've probably been part of conversations when we've gone to South Carolina together. Yeah. We talked about the difference between criticism and feedback. Yes. Friends give feedback. Yeah. Critics give criticism. Right. And sometimes the wrong person gets our ear. Yeah. And we settle in criticism instead of growing from feedback. Right. We'll take criticism from people that weren't even for us from the beginning. Yeah. And we'll lean heavier into what they have to say instead yeah. of the trusted words of someone who yeah. loves us. Absolutely. And has not just our comfort in mind, but our potential and our growth. Because yeah. that's what feedback it's is so for. Good. Yeah. Have, like you don't have to get like super personal into this, yeah. either one of you, Jake or Jordan. Can you think of a time where like you settled for criticism? It was it was it was criticism camouflaged as feedback, and you 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 caused a little bit harder of a journey because maybe someone had your ear who shouldn't have had it. Someone was um, critical of a relationship that you were in. Someone was critical of you know, decisions that you're making for your own life, but it came in the form of feedback. Can you think of anything like that? Hmm. Yes, I won't go into depth, but when Jake and I got together, it was very quick, right? Jake was like, I love you. And it was like, okay, let's get married, let's get married five tomorrow. weeks later, right? Yeah. It was like, let's do this. <laughs> so we had conversations with some friends, John and Brandy, right? Who were like, there's not a timeline yeah. that is going to surprise anyone. Yeah. What does God want you to do? And then there were conversations with other friends who, because of bitterness in their heart and things that they had been through and, and kind of like a reflection of their relationships who were like, I'm not sure this is a good idea. Yeah. I don't know. And it was nothing about uh, listening into God's voice. This is what I got from other friends listening. What does God want you to do here? Yeah. It was more about like, here's what I'm telling you that you should do. And it wasn't even, I mean, thinking back to it, there were you know, the hurt people say yeah. hurtful things. Yeah. And so um, we wound yeah. up having a conversation later where they apologized and were like, Hey, that was a kind of a reflection of where I was at, not necessarily yeah. where you were. And so, so good. with feedback and criticism, I feel like feedback always looks a lot more like, here's what I'm thinking. Hmm. What is God telling you? Yeah. And trusting that God can speak to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And pre preparing them for those things. I love the distinction you made. The difference being feedback always points to what is God saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. And criticism is this is what I think. Yep. Yeah. Such a key thing to like lean into right there. Yeah. Um, Pastor Dino Rizzo, uh, one of my favorite quotes that, that I heard him speak on. He says that a true friend is someone who will remind you of the lyrics of the song on your heart when you forget the words mm. and a heart surrender to God mm. is the heart song of your life. Yeah. And so typically criticism comes from a person who finds themselves in a season that, that quite honestly, they're just not happy with. Right. Yeah. And so, um, leaders face a lot of camouflage criticism. It comes as feedback. Mm -hmm. And you said something a little bit earlier, Jake, it's like giving access to someone you're given access to somebody to be part of a dream that they were never for from the beginning. Yeah. Right. 
and that's a that's a rough space. Yeah, and I think friends like nurture those those trusting conversations. I can think of one in particular with you and I, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, selfishly, everything in me. This is years and years ago. I had to guard my personal opinion on whether or not like Nashville was going to be a move for you. Oh yeah. I didn't want to lose that space with you. Right. Because there was like, there was like what I would want. Yeah. And then there was the balancing of, man, I know that the steps of a righteous man are ordered, Mm -hmm. but the word of God tells us that the, that that his word is a, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Yeah. And I didn't want to lose that, the, that equity with you Mm -hmm. by inserting my opinion. And if I did, I was very open with yeah. like this is what I want. Yeah. There was no uh veiling. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times when criticism is like you said veiled. Absolutely. As feedback. Yeah. Yeah, I and, remember that season. And it was it was it was rough and there's yeah. been things that you and I have navigated. Mm-hmm. We've talked through relationship. Yep. With dating and things like that. And I didn't want to lose position and footing. Yeah. And what friendship developed. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we all win because, like, you pretty much married into my family. Yes. You're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And like, and in like manner, we married into your family. It's true. So yeah. Thank you. Jordan is, she is more than just like my daughter. She's my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when the Stanleys and the Dowdies mm-hmm. kind of become a family unit, man, like, we got the best of both worlds. It's true. Yeah. Like, you have some of the greatest in-laws. It's true. Yeah. That like anyone could ask out of for. a storybook or something. Seriously, not the Disney ones where the like step parents or whatever oh are super God. toxic. <laughs> the good ones, they're like woodland fairies. Would you like some cookies <laughs> or just always checking on us and just calling to see how my, my day is? My mom really like she really has cookies all the time. She does <laughs> all the time. She comes with a pie or cookies and it's always in a basket or something. But let me give some just it. like super practical takeaways on feedback and criticism. Yeah, as uh, I actually happen to have a, a lot of random notes on feedback and criticism <laughs> so um difference there's a difference between feedback and criticism yeah um feedback looks to repair and restore criticism looks to embarrass and destroy mm-hmm. yeah so criticism is typically with my best interest in mind mm-hmm. feedback is with yours and so how do you do that how do you how do you know if it's feedback or not you gotta ask a few things ask yourself this question do they know me yeah you know, that's that Proverbs 27, 6 verse that we had talked about that right. that wounds from a friend are welcome when kisses from an enemy multiply. Mm-hmm. So do they know me? I think you got to ask yourself that question for every aspect of your life. Yeah. Do, do they know me as a business leader? Do they know me as a pastor? Do they know me as a dad, as a husband? Or do they just follow you? Or do they just follow me? And see my Dang. profile. Do they know me? Next question, are they for me? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Not everyone who knows you is for you. Hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Very big truth. It's true. And so, like, you want to make sure that, like, that someone that you're letting into this space of feedback yeah. from friends, that not only do they know you, but they're for you. And the last question you got to ask yourself is, are they willing to help me? Yep. Yeah. Those three questions alone can help yeah. navigate feedback and criticism. Mm-hmm. And honestly, leader, that can keep you in the game. Yeah. yeah. When a leader has a friend who gives feedback, they'll help you avoid the critics who are looking to destroy yes. yeah. what God is trying to build up through correction in a loving manner and in a loving way. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think unless y'all got some some other wisdom to kind of like 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 stack on top of that, I think those three questions are great ones for people to consider. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's good. good. Yeah, that's good really takeaway. Man, this is fun, guys. It is fun. I like doing this. I like it. A lot. I like it a lot. Oh, my gosh. Friends, no quotes. From movies. You guys are always quoting Dumber movies. and Dumber and Jake and all those kind of things. Dumber, dumber and dumber. dumber. What's it called? I'm not <laughs> dumber, sure I've heard of that movie. <laughs> Let the boy watch. We'll oh see you guys gosh. next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs>